Hello, welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. My name is Rob Dempsey. I'm a leader in our high school ministry here at Brookwood and serve and switch on Sunday mornings. On this episode, our senior pastor, Perry Duggar, continues in our series on experiencing the presence of God. If you want to watch this message or listen to this week's worship, just go to our website, brookwoodchurch.org, or on the Brookwood Church app. We pray this message encourages you in your walk with Christ. wonderful song. Can you identify with that? Let my heart be awakened by the whispering of love. Can you identify with that? Some of us conceive of God's voice as coming harshly, critically. It's not God at all. We continue our series today, Experiencing God. Are you experiencing God in any different ways? in the last four weeks. Anybody? Today's message is entitled, God Speaks. Theme verse, you take out your message guide. From Job 33, 14, this is from the New Century version, not the New Living, which we use here primarily. But I like the phraseology here. God does speak, sometimes one way and sometimes another, even though people may not understand it. Do you believe God speaks? Now, here's, I I don't want you, I know sometimes you, some of y'all are scared I'm going to embarrass you. You could just send me a note. Don't call on me and I won't. But um, I really never want you to answer a question in the affirmative because you think it's what you ought to say. Because we really want to know and I want to know how to serve you by knowing where are we? You know, do we believe God speaks? And I'll say, I'll say this as I begin. I didn't always believe that. You know, I was, my mother took me to church Dragged me to church, for, forced me to church. <laughs> I like that echo over there. Uh, I went to everything. My mother was a believer. She said, it's good, you're coming. You know, I mean, I even went to choir and I can't sing at all. That's pretty obvious, but, but I didn't know Christ personally. Every hour I spent in church was valuable. It taught me about God. It taught me about the Bible. Taught me about Jesus' life. But I wasn't born again. As a senior in college, and those of you who've been around have heard me tell this before, I actually encountered Christ, or or he encountered me, upstairs in a house some guys and I were renting in Statesboro, Georgia, And I saw myself. You know, I was a good guy outwardly. I mean, everybody said, oh, that guy's a Christian. I mean, outwardly, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I was not as bad as some and better than most. And God showed me myself. 
And in that instance, it was in that process of being born again that I could see myself in comparison to God. Became a believer. That, that right in that instant. I was 21 years old. But I went many years that I didn't really believe God spoke personally. He'd spoken a few times. I encountered him that instance in the hall, not from words, just more than the present, just the, the change in my perspective. And a few times throughout my life, God has been audibly clear, but, but not many, just a few. And then a few years ago though, I, living through some difficulties and I needed to know God. And he answered some questions and kept answering and kept answering. And he speaks regularly to me. He doesn't tell me which car to buy, what my mortgage rate should be, he doesn't answer any of those kinds of things. He always tells me who I am to him. And he will tell me what steps to take in ministry at times. But that's less often. But perhaps I seek it less often. But we want to examine today how God speaks by the Holy Spirit. Reality four is just that. God speaks by the Holy Spirit. And these are the primary ways. They're not the, they're not the this isn't an exhaustive list. Through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church, or through Christians is what that means. To reveal himself, his purposes, his ways. Now, if you are skeptical about whether God speaks, I'm not, we're not threatened by that. But I would, I would beckon you to just begin reading the scripture. Start wherever you wish. And as you read through, read large portions and just mark a check or highlight every time a communication between God and some person occurred. Just mark it. And ask God to show you what it's saying. Because in the Bible, God spoke lots of ways. He spoke through angels, through visions, through dreams, through two stones that the high priest wore. What were they called? Did you say it? Say it louder. I'm tired. Of, come on now. Are y'all scared or you don't know? Which is it? Yes, come on. Urim and Thummim. Did you know that? Urim and Thummim. It was worn on the breastplate of the high priest. Through prophets, through fire, through trumpets, through fleece. Fleece turning wet and then turning dry. Through casting lots, symbols from life, occurrences in nature, a gentle whisper, audible voices, miraculous signs, certainly a burning bush, but how many times did that happen? Only once we know of. 
and many other times when we can see that a communication came from God, but it doesn't identify the method. So you see, the fact that God speaks is far more important than how he speaks. God communicates, you see, to each of us individually, personally, perhaps even uniquely, because he wants us to know him and he wants us to focus on the relationship with him, not on a method by which he speaks. Lee and I, Leanne and I had a friend in seminary and years ago and this lady had come to Christ. She hadn't really been schooled in the Bible and all. She came to seminary and God used to speak to her in visions that would come true. And there would be all kinds of things. You know, she, she, she didn't have a lot of resources and One time her son needed some of those steel-toed work shoes and she really couldn't afford it. And, but she told me, she said, I've, I've had a vision already that, that I'm gonna have those shoes. Those shoes are gonna be given. Within a week, somebody hands this guy a pair of these work boots. And she had lots of things like that. We think, well, I want God to speak to me supernaturally like that. That sounds really cool, doesn't it? But I suspect, again, this is me, I suspect God spoke in visions with this lady because she was new in the faith, new to his word, new to prayer, new to the church, new to the primary ways God speaks. But God wants to speak to you. And when he speaks, you will know it's God. And you'll comprehend what he's saying. And you'll understand what it is that he wants you to know or to do. And that speech is an experience with God. God speaks by the Holy Spirit first. The first one we'll look at. Now Jesus spoke while, when he was on earth. But after his ascension, the father sent the spirit at what religious festival? Pentecost. And from that time forward to the present, God speaks to us by his spirit. Look at John 16. When the spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard in the, in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. John 14, 17 is another verse that says, the Spirit leads us into all truth. And we think of truth as a propositional thing, a principle. No, truth is a person. Jesus said, I'm the truth. 
and the Spirit leads us to know Him. The Holy Spirit communicates truth from God the Father to us and every time He does, it's an encounter with God. It's a supernatural experience. The Holy Spirit, you know this, I'm just reminding you, the Holy Spirit enters us when we're born again. Or more precisely, the Holy Spirit enters, causes us to be born again and then remains for the duration of our lives. So since the Holy Spirit's always present, he knows God, but he also knows you. So the Spirit knows how to speak clearly so that he can get your attention and so that you can understand. The Spirit will do whatever is necessary to make known to you what God wants you to know. Do you believe that? But some of us think God's playing this trick on us. You know, the ball under the shell game. And so God's saying, now what's my will about this? <laughs> choose. And if you choose wrongly, then you just completely miss out on his will. Anybody believe that? Anybody scared to admit they believe that? I know some people who believe that. Let's say that in the other service. I think a lot of us, if we're honest, believes this understanding God is sort of a perilous thing and there's a penalty to pay if we don't get it right. True for anybody? But remember, I want to take you back again. The best comparison for God is father. Our grandfather, when I brought my little fella out here. Would I treat him that way? Would I say, tell me what I want you to do and if you don't, you get punished. Or you get left out. Tell me where the treat is or you don't get it. If you can't guess where the treat is, you don't get it. Would any father do that? No. Then why would we think God would treat us that way? God would never treat us that way. See, God's message, we keep wanting God's will. Tell me what to do. But God's message doesn't consist primarily of an assignment. More importantly, it consists of God showing us himself. Revealing his nature, showing his purposes, letting us know his ways. See, because when you know God's ways, like Moses, you can continue to stay in harmony walking with him, can't you? I know, I don't know where she is, but I know most of Leanne's ways. I may not know what restaurant she wants to go to today. But I can kind of figure it out. We've been married three decades. So I've kind of learned it. Well, when we've been walking with God led by the Spirit for decades, we ought to kind of know his ways, shouldn't we? You know her ways. 
You know his. Yours are better than his. <laughs> but God is eager not for us to obey his assignment as much as he is to develop a love relationship with him. I love the chorus of that song. Have we heard the whisper of his love? God's not human. His thoughts and ways are not ours. Isaiah 55, 8. So we have to find out from him what his preferences are. If we presume or assume that God views life like us, makes the same decisions we do, we are in grave danger. I've heard it said like this a lot of times. I believe God wants me to be happy as justification for some selfish behavior. Or this, God supports every kind of love as rationalization for immoral activity. And those are dangerous things to do. You know, it's interesting. We live in such a perilous political landscape today. But I want, I, I want to encourage you to understand this. You belong to God. Not to either political party. I don't want to upset y'all with this. But God's not a Republican. <laughs> but should some of you get proud, neither is he a Democrat. And I've noticed in the last week, a whole lot of politicians are quoting what God would do. But I can't discern that any of them ask him. And they violate his word. We stand on God's word, not a political platform. We must ask God what he wants. And keep asking until we know. And then obey. Reality 4 lists several primary ways. It's not an exhaustive list. That God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. First, he speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. You've got to understand what the Bible is. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now the Bible was written by men but men who were moved and guided and, and a theological word is superintended by God. It's a supernatural book. The Holy Spirit inspired the whole of the Bible. That's plenary inspiration. The Holy Spirit inspired every word used in the Bible. That's verbal inspiration. But y'all, the Bible wasn't written in English. 
So it was written Old Testament primarily in Hebrew, New Testament primarily in Greek. But the translations are good, so we still understand what was being said. Here's another passage about inspiration. Above all, you must realize no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or human initiative. In other words, these were not good men who wrote down what they wanted to say. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So the Holy Spirit guided what was written and what was included in the Bible. There were other letters that were written during the first couple of centuries of, after Jesus that were not included in the Bible. They weren't considered inspired. But since the Bible was composed by the Holy Spirit, it can only be understood, what? What's the word? Spiritually. 1 Corinthians 2.14. But people who aren't spiritual that can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. Now, here's, here's some other translation of this. People who aren't spiritual can also be translated or who don't have the Spirit or who have only physical life. In other words, not born again. Can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolishness to them. Foolish to them. And they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Now, this does not mean that you can't cognitively explain what you see printed on the page. What it means is that that, that word isn't spiritually applied to your life. Have you ever read a verse? Perhaps one that you've read many times before or heard preached on many times before. And this one day, this one instance, it seemed electrified. And it was like that verse jumped off the page and just attached to you. And not to your surface, to your soul, to your mind to your emotions, to your heart. Anybody, does this sound crazy or does anybody understand this? That's an encounter with God. Now, the Bible is always true. You can read this Bible and it's true, it's wise, the information's correct. And, and as, as I read earlier from, from 2 Timothy, you can guide your life by it knowing this is what God says is right and what he says is wrong. That's different than an experience of God when that truth presses itself into you. When the spirit applies a truth to you, it changes you. It changes the way you think. It changes what you believe. 
And if it changes what you believe, it alters how you live. You cannot do anything other than follow your beliefs. Your true beliefs though. But when the Spirit, when you have this experience with the Holy Spirit, you're different. Has anybody experienced this? How about back there? How about cheap seats? God speaks by the Holy Spirit also through prayer. James 1.5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. You know, sometimes we can think, well, God's already told me this and I didn't do it and I shouldn't ask again. Uh -uh. That's not the way God treats you. Any parent ever had a disobedient child in here? Were you willing to tell them again? Were you? Were you willing to tell them 25 times? to help them come into alignment with you. Well, you're not a better parent than God is. God's not tired of us. God's not frustrated with us. God wants to bring us into deeper relationship. So he keeps speaking, keeps speaking. This verse establishes that prayer is a two-way communication. It's speaking to God and listening for his reply. And you may say, well, I believe God speaks, but I've never heard it, or I don't know how to discern it. We can learn to recognize the voice of God when he speaks. Isaiah 30, 21. John 10 tells us that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Well, how do they know it? How do they know it, Michael? They've heard it enough. They've heard it many times. And all the sheep didn't suddenly recognize it at the same time, did they? And neither do we. But with familiarity and repetition, we can recognize the shepherd's voice. If Leanne calls me up or Evan or Aubrey or my son-in-laws or if they call me, I don't have to say, who is this? Because I know their voices by familiarity. Do you know God's voice by familiarity? Yes. Because we can become familiar with his voice as we seek to know him, not just to know his will, him. See the difference? You just asking for something from God may not be relationship developing. You need to know him. Because if we just keep asking and just to get something, we can start relying on some formula or some process. The fleece. Well, help me. I'm lost here. Well, let me just say a couple of things. God's voice has a certain quality. It may sound a bit like yours. But it has a tone that will convey weight 
or force of calm authority. God does not argue with you. Find me one instance when God argued with someone in the scripture. Even Jesus, when did he argue? No. They don't, God doesn't try to convince you of something. God speaks for our response. Now, if you have this, you know, argument going on in your head, that may be your subconscious voice, but it's not God's voice. God's voice possesses a certain spirit. There'll be a peacefulness, there'll be a confidence. He speaks with joy, he speaks reasonably. He speaks with goodness, James three seventeen. So if you hear God just, in my mother's terms, blessing you out, that isn't God. You see, God's not insecure about your disobedience. God's not interested in humiliating you. He's interesting in elevating you. So he speaks positively, but firmly, but not critically. The content of God's voice will always be consistent with his nature with his purpose, with his concerns. And his voice will never contradict anything he's expressed in the scriptures. When we don't know what or how to pray, we're not at a loss. You ever come to a place you think, I don't even know what to pray here. I don't know which direction to go into. Look at Romans 8. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Now, there may be something you want that God knows is not good for you. The Spirit is not going to ask God for that. I've got to have this woman. I've got to have this man. I've got to have whatever. The Spirit's not praying for that. He's praying for what God's will is for you, and he knows. Are you willing to have the Spirit intercede for you to bring you in alignment with God's will? then you can have confidence that that's what's happening. As we pray, the Holy Spirit conforms our thinking to God's. The Holy Spirit transforms our lives so that we know God. And when we know him, we know what he wants from us. See, God's will is not some propositional thing. I need to know your will. So he sends out this, 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 this. No, that's not what Romans 12 says. Romans 12 says, be conformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll know the holy, perfect, pleasing will of God. Do you recognize God's voice when he speaks? Do you? Don't feel badly if you don't, but, but take this as encouragement to become diligent, to hear God's voice because he will speak. 
God, the Holy Spirit also, God speaks through the Holy Spirit also through circumstances. Sometimes God gives us direction through what occurs around us. But beware. This is not the most reliable unless you check it. See, Paul wrote this at 1 Corinthians 16. There's a wide open door for a great work here. But look at this other line. Although many oppose me. Now, how many of us facing opposition would see that as confirmation from God? Paul saw great opportunity, but he was facing conflict. He was facing resistance. He was facing arrest. He was talking about Ephesus. He was in Ephesus. But how many of us would have interpreted this opposition as time to pack up and leave? Would you? A whole lot of us would. And the rest of y'all aren't honest. <laughs> Many of us think that difficult circumstances or negative responses indicate we have missed God's will. But that's not necessarily so. But what it mandates is that we must always go back to what God has said instead of being guided by situations. Let me show you. I'll give you a little assurance. Paul wrote this before he wrote verse nine. I want to come and stay a while if the Lord will let me. So look where he got his direction. In the meantime, I will be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. So I didn't give you that first, but that he wrote that just ahead of the verse I just read to you. He knew God wanted him there and the opposition did not dissuade him because he was sure of what God wanted. Paul received his direction from God, not from the warmth of his reception in, in Ephesus. Moses likewise, look at all the difficulty Moses encountered. You know, God said, go and speak to Pharaoh. And Moses went to speak to Pharaoh and Pharaoh said, get out of here. You're, you know, your people have work to do. You're wasting my time. And who is God anyway? And then he treated them worse because they had to make the same number of bricks without the, without the straw. They had to gather the straw too and keep the same quota up. So he treated them worse. And so Moses went back and complained. Look, I went to him, he rejected me and now they're treated worse. And God said, go back again. And, and Moses said, now I, my own people won't even listen to me. What are you doing to me? And God said, go back. God may intend the troubles that we encounter. Because God may know that what we need most is to have our faith refined. And I'm going to tell you this, if God gives you everything you want quickly, your faith will stay weak and you will stay immature. James 1, 2 through 8 says in trouble, as we persist and persevere, we develop endurance. But then he says, but if you're confused about why you're suffering, this is a verse I started with, verse 5, ask God and he will tell you. So if you're suffering, if you're struggling, if things aren't turning out like you thought they were supposed to, ask God and he won't get mad when you do. That's what James 1 says. 
God speaks by the Holy Spirit also through the church, which it means through Christians. God uses the community of believers to speak. Sometimes it's through a message like this one I'm preaching on a Sunday morning, but it could be something you hear in a Bible study or out there in the concourse. Sometimes the most profound things that are spoken happen out there in the concourse. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, some translations say when we preach to you, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. Now, sometimes when I'm preaching or David is or JC or Josh or Mike or any of us, the Holy Spirit guides our words and spiritualizes them to address situations that are occurring in individual people. 1 Corinthians 2.13. But other times, the Spirit of God may communicate a message to you that is personal that might be completely different than anything I'm saying. Well, why is that? Well, it could be that he can't get your attention during the week, but when you show up here and you sit down and you focus, your mind is clearer and he can speak. And he's just using the opportunity while I'm speaking to tell you something much more relevant much more potent for you. You know, people often will compliment, boy, you said this and it changed my life and rarely is it anything I ever said. In fact, I'll make this broad proclamation. The best things I've ever said, I didn't say. They were spoken by the Holy Spirit who knew your needs intimately, personally, uniquely, privately. And he just used this opportunity. And God speaks not just through pastors. I'm ordained, I have a seminary degree, but you know what? I don't possess anything of spiritual significance greater than any of you who are born again. You have the same empowering that I do, Gene does, any pastors. We just have a vocational calling. But our connection, our empowerment, our abilities are not greater than any of yours. Well, you know the Bible more than me. Well, that may be that I, because I probably have studied it more than you. But it doesn't mean that I have more spiritual prowess than you do. You undervalue God in you because I possess nothing more than you. And so God will speak through any Christian who's willing to, to communicate what they have learned from the Holy Spirit about God, about his purposes, about his ways. 
And it can occur in any different setting. It can occur in a small group, in a Bible study. You know, it's amazing to me how much I end up praying for people and talking to people at Bilo. <laughs> it's just, are you willing? Are you ready when God opens an opportunity and says, I'm working right here. Will you step into it? And he said, Bilo? I mean, I can understand Whole Foods. I mean, that's a, <laughs> those people don't even, their feet don't touch the ground in that place. I mean, when I'm in there, I know I'm a pretender. I'm thinking I love gluten. But when God's spirit is speaking, the Bible, personal prayer, circumstances, and the body of Christ will all agree. We'll all agree. Are you willing to speak for God? Do you want to be led by the Spirit to benefit the body of Christ? Do you want to? Let me see a hand if you want to. I will swear to you, I will promise you, God will use you if you tell him, God, I'm willing, use me. Counselors, you come to the front. Counselors are here to answer questions, to pray for you, to anoint you with oil for healing. They'll be here as long as you need them. So I'm gonna pray and then we'll stack the chairs. Father, I pray that you'll speak to us so we cannot miss it, Lord. If we're slow of hearing, then speak louder. Use a method that'll reach each of us, Lord. We want to hear you. So speak, Lord. We're at least trying to listen. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for coming. Please stack the chairs, 12 high. Here at Brookwood Church, our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so you can experience a transformed life. One of the ways you can do this is by getting connected at Brookwood. Email us at connections at brookwoodchurch.org or call us at 864-688-8326 to get connected with our Connections team. You can also find our message archives on our website or on the Brookwood app. Thank you for listening and have a great day.